Welcome to Jabber and an episode entitled Wrestling or Running. Jose de la Mora began his athletic career as a runner. It was a grammar school track meet. Jose's first grade teacher entered him in the 50-yard dash, and Jose finished last. And yet, that day was born in him a competitive spirit which would remain undiminished. Jose would try different sports. He played in the American Youth Soccer Organization for a while. He even shattered his school's record for pull-ups. Now, at the age of 15, a sophomore at Lowry High in Winnemucca, Nevada, he has begun to attract nationwide attention as a wrestler. Lowry High has won six state wrestling championships in the last 11 years. Yes, I said six championships in 11 years. Jose's coach said you haven't seen anything until you've witnessed De La Mora's lightning fast double leg takedown. If he can get to an opponent's legs, it's all over. And yet, let me mention that Jose was also, at this time, in possession of last year's Outstanding Wrestler Award. However, knowing that, in and of itself, that wouldn't mean much to you unless you explored the story further. It was December of 1990. Nevada's Ely Wrestling Tournament, which is the big one, uh, Jose De La Mora would compete. It's half an hour before the matches start, and in a darkened hallway outside the gymnasium where the tournament is about to be held, two boys are talking. One of them is Tyler Whitmore from Milwaukee Valley, the most devastating wrestler in his weight class. The other boy is Jose De La Mora. They've never met until now, and yet, quickly, they become friends. I'm sure it began as mutual respect, but now, somehow, it is friendship. As the two boys talk wrestling holds and hopes beyond high school, Jose says, I'm going to be a lawyer someday. And as the boys go on in the tense moments before they may become opponents, the other boy begins to see something beyond Jose's undeniable athletic ability, past that to the real secret of De La Mora's success, a world-class, unconquerable heart. Now, the tournament is underway. Jose and Tyler secretly are dreading a mano-a-mano confrontation on the mat. 
They both proceed through their competitive rounds, but before they must face each other head-to-head -head in combat, Jose is defeated in another match. Tyler goes all the way and finishes first. Now the tournament is over, and the judges must vote for the most coveted honor of all, the most outstanding wrestler of the year. When the ballots are cast and counted, it is Tyler Whitmore who is presented with the plaque. But now, wait a minute. After accepting it, in fact, immediately after accepting it, Tyler walks directly out to where the others are sitting. He walks over to Jose de la Mora, and Jose smiles and shakes Tyler's hand, congratulating him. And then, without hesitating, just as Jose is releasing his hand, Tyler thrusts the treasured award into Jose's hand. He says, quote, you deserve this more than anyone in the tournament, end of quote. And yes, he was right. You see, Jose's mother was a farm worker when she was pregnant with him, and she was exposed to certain pesticides, which caused, the doctors say, a certain birth defect in Jose. And that's why in soccer, he could only use his fists. And in running, he could only use his hands and his arms. For Jose de la Mora, that extraordinary high school wrestler stood only three foot three inches tall. From the hips down, he had no legs. No legs at all. But he refused to give up. No matter what, he wrestled on. And while we could go on further exploring Jose's life, I would also like to explore another athlete. But for me to relate this one more conveniently, please allow me to tell this story in first person, the way it really happened. Call, call me Jack. That's, that's my name. Jack Armstrong. I'm, I'm the best wrestler in these parts, and I, I have been for quite a while. Now, wrestling is more than a sport as far as my friends and me are concerned. It's the best way to see what a man's made of. That's why we wrestle newcomers in our town. We take them up to a bluff overlooking the Sangman River, and we just, we just have it out. Then we decide for ourselves whether we want that fella around or not. It was some while back, as I recall, that this new fella came to town. He, he, he took a job at Denton's General Store. Mr. Denton hired him off of a New Orleans flatboat, from what I hear. Anyways, the boys and I figured it was time to test him. 
so we got up this here match. Mr. Denton bet Bill Clary, which is the tavern keeper, that his clerk could beat me. He bet all of five dollars. But an odd thing happened. This new feller, he, he refused to wrestle by local rules, which we called tussling and scuffling. He said that he never had and he never would. He insisted on a fancy formal wrestle, starting with a side hold. I ought to have been suspicious starting right then, but as I say, I'm, I'm the best wrestler in these parts, and however he wanted to get beat, nah, that was no concern of mine. The day came. Most of the men in town gathered. This other feller and I went at it. Amazing, I, I thought how balanced and strong he was. In fact, before I knew it, I was down. Well, then we, we started over, and would you believe I got dusted again? Now, if he won a third fall, he would sweep the match. And, and we were getting ready to start when one of the boys took me aside and said, Jack, Mr. Denton has thrown us a ringer. This boy is a professional. This boy has been doing here some professional wrestling. He has a reputation back east and all the way up and down the Mississippi. In fact, his uncle's a famous wrestler. Even his mama, his own mama, is a famous wrestler. So, Jack, what are you going to do? Well, my answer was, uh, I'm going to do the best I can. But my best wasn't good enough. we started again I could feel that before long I would break my hold I, I couldn't get anywhere with him Mr. Clary the, the tavern keeper hollered throw him any way you can Jack so frustrated realizing that I was about to lose anyhow I went back to old reliable tussle and scuffle I grabbed my opponent by the leg and I gave it a twist and I threw him hard to the ground now, I knew how I'd felt if he'd done that to me. And I know what I'd have done to him. I'd have come at him with both fists. But you know what he did? He laughed. He laughed, and he laughed, and he laughed again. That belly kind of laugh. And then I got to laughing. And before, before long, all the boys out there on that bluff were just a laughing. This new feller, he was not a new feller anymore. Nope. You see, he was one of us now. Now, I heard someone later say that that wrestling match in 1831 was a turning point in his 22-year-old life. It showed him that sometimes laughing gets you more than winning. And the reason that I, Jack Armstrong, am still the best wrestler in these parts is because that feller, he left New Salem, Illinois one day. In fact, he went into politics. Yes, 
the wrestler from New Salem was none other than Abraham Lincoln, running for and becoming the 16th president of the United States. You heard it on Jabber. Please subscribe wherever you are listening. If you're listening on Apple Podcast, please leave us a five-star review. That helps us so very much. Also, if you'd like to reach out to the show, you can reach us by emailing jabberpodcast at gmail.com. That's J-A-B-R podcast at gmail.com. We look forward to hearing from you. Thanks again for listening.